Chapter 20 of Pee Wee Harris FOB Bridgeboro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee Wee Harris FOB Bridgeboro by Percy Keith Fitzhugh. The Scout. Distracted, frenzied, Pee Wee knelt in the darkness and felt about at the base of the long lever. It seemed to enter a metal housing in the floor. More than this, his hurried examination revealed nothing. He tried again to pull the handle over, but it would not budge. He had a frightful feeling that everything he did made matters worse. He was losing his morale. Suddenly he thought of the other lever close by the one he had moved. What was that for? The lever which had manipulated the gates was of another pattern and away from these two. What was this other one for? If he pushed it over, would it undo what he had done? Were there two movements of the switch controlled by the two levers? Maybe, for there was no other switch, yet there might be another somewhere. Should he take a chance and push over this other lever? Oh, if Townsend would only come. He put his small hand on the other lever and took it off again. He knelt again to see if he could feel any cogwheels or anything through the grooves in which the levers moved. Oh, if he only had a light and could see, if he could only see. He stood up, the perspiration standing in beads on his face, his throat throbbing from the quick, agitated breaths almost insane with the feeling of utter powerlessness and of maddening suspense. It seemed as if he had unhinged the universe. At every innocent sound of the night he started, oh, if Townsend would only. Suddenly he stood stark still, struck with unspeakable fright, his hands and face icy cold as he heard again the distant whistle of a train. Where was it? Far or near? The country was so vast and sound travels so in the night and echoes and re-echoes among hills and valleys. Where was it? Was it coming? Trembling, he groped his way to the window closest to the tracks. And then, just then, the panic-stricken boy disappeared. And in his place was Walter Harris, scout of the First Class, First Bridgeboro, New Jersey Troop, BSA, looking out of the window at something which lay between the shiny rails almost directly below him. It was what he had seen before, a little red spot, only now it was smaller. He was too agitated to shout his customary announcement that he had an inspiration, but that is what he had. He realized now, what he had not taken the trouble to think about before, that this tiny, luminous patch was a little pile of live coals dropped by the locomotive that had passed just as the flipper had reached the tracks. In the daylight, he had not noticed it at all. In the dusk, when he had seen it before, it had been larger but less luminous. Now in the surrounding blackness, it looked like a little red ball. Perhaps of that little pile, only one coal was still alive, and that would soon die out. As Pee-wee looked down, one edge of the red spot seemed to straighten out as the fire left it. He thought that that tiny area of red was narrowing. Even as he looked, it had ceased to be round. But whatever rapid process was going on down there, it was not as rapid as the lightning process of Pee-wee's mind now that it was aroused to action. Here was Pee-wee the Scout with a vengeance. He was always thorough and self-sufficient. When he slept, no one could awaken him. When he ate, no one could stop him. When he talked, the world was silent. And when he had an inspiration, the solar system had to get from under. He remembered that the long lever which manipulated the gates was split. He recalled that very distinctly because he had tried ineffectually to raise the gates with it. It did not work. But he remembered that it was bound around for the whole of its length with cord, which had held the split handle together. He cast another hurried glance out of the window at that little diminishing spot of red. It seemed smaller than before. 
hardly more than a speck now he looked along the track for just a second listening then he looked down again for a reassuring glimpse of the tiny speck of fire it was gone end of chapter twenty